What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you listen to a Maps Step Back podcast. Yeah, it's the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk get the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic. Look with the ball, yeah, get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Got Chris Stapps, coach at the Adam. I spaz like Dallas, said that I'm rapping, God. If Lucas shoot the ball, you know that it's cash. But my boy still living the past. Now he got my boy Chris Stapps, looking like Dirk and Nash in the gap. They just wanna ring, wanna fill the gap. On your team head, I ain't talking hats. Dang, go relax, still at a champ. Defense still coming with the Calibus flow. All right, everybody, welcome into another edition of the Step Back of Mavs. Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined as always by my co-host and DallasBasketball.com colleague, Matt Galatson. We have another special guest for you guys tonight, but before we formally introduce him, Matt, go ahead and play that old intro we used to have for a second. <laughs> I'm too hot right now. Step back. <laughs> Step back. Ah. Uh. I ball like the Mavs, running this beat like a lab. Look at Don Chicken to step back, Lord, that boy need a map. Dirk in his bag, I swear I feel it in the air. Dirk in the game, snapping like a crab, but hit never fold when they in the jam. Dennis Smith Jr. coming with the jam. Got the whole team cooking in the lab. I say I'm the best, I'm going to Alright, so, <laughs> as you heard, <laughs> that's our old intro. It obviously says Dennis Smith Jr. coming with the jam. And sure enough, that's our special guest tonight. The one and only Dennis Smith Jr., uh, Fayetteville's yes, finest, former Dallas Maverick point guard. He's the current New York Knicks point guard. Dennis, how's it going, man? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? Doing good. We appreciate you coming on here and talking with us tonight. I know we we had talked about doing this a while back, and you know it's the dead of the summer, and we finally got a chance to do it. So we really appreciate it. And uh, before we get into our our main topics here, how's your summer been? <laughs> you been up to anything fun this summer? Uh, it's been really productive. Not so much fun, just more so work. Um, really just preparing myself for a big year. You know, we come in as underdogs, which I enjoy, as you know. So, oh, yeah. uh, it's going to be a big year for us. Yeah, because, I mean, this past season, you know, uh, percentage-wise, you pretty much raised your efficiency. It seemed that you, you know, definitely focused on the defensive end you know, last summer getting better on that end too. So third season in the league. I mean, it's a big, it's a big year for you. And I mean, how do you, how do you see the the Knicks comparing with the rest of the league? Um, I think we're going to be a really good team. You know, we, we'll be able to come in and have the, uh, you know, a, a big toughness factor about us. You know, we got some really good guys on our team in terms of, in terms of bullies. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, so yeah. I think we're going to have a good impact on the defensive end, and I think. If we let our defense create our offense, we'll be pretty good for the season. Yeah, well, Dennis, um, <clears throat> I mean, how's how's New York treating you? Are you are you enjoying it? And you know, uh, what what do you think about the the moves that you guys made this summer and you know, on the free agency market? I'm loving the city right now. They show a lot of love. Whether I'm just walking around or if I'm um, or if I'm in the building, you know, they show a lot of love to me. So uh, I appreciate it. It's reciprocated on this end, and um, 
I think the pieces we picked up are really good pieces. You know, everybody can say this down the third about what we've done this summer, but I think it was a productive summer. Um, our young guys, we're growing together, we building, and uh, everybody gets along. You know, and that's that's one of the biggest things when having a good team is everybody getting along. Yeah, and I mean, you obviously it's it's probably not the summer that everybody in that organization and the fan base and everybody envisioned at first, but like you said, it was still productive and. You know the team definitely got better. So, <clears throat> and I mean that's kind of that's kind of how it went on the on the Dallas end of it too. You know they they had higher expectations and uh, didn't exactly go the way they wanted it to, but they also uh, seemed to get better too. But Dennis, we're gonna jump right into our main topics here. You know your time in Dallas, it was short, but it was awesome. You know we <laughs> you were always putting up some awesome highlights and getting everybody uh amped with your your big time dunks and your energy and everything i mean what going off of that what was it like getting to play with a guy like dirk Nowitzki during what turned out to be his final two seasons in the league um it was amazing it was amazing watching dirk up close and uh knowing all his accolades and, and being able to practice with him every day or sit. I sat right behind him on the plane every flight. So uh, you just really get to witness greatness personified up close. Uh, you know, you got to soak all of that in because it's not too many chances you'll get to have an opportunity like that. So to see a real franchise cornerstone or the greatest player ever in the franchise is, is a pretty awesome thing for me. Yeah, was there, was there anything like specific – related to your game that he helped you with or was it just more of like a like a work ethic thing from a distance uh his work ethic for one um i mean like if we're gonna talk in tangibles his work ethic and, and just the way that everybody loves him you know everybody receives him well and he receives everybody with that same kind of love he's just a great dude but in terms of his game the biggest thing is just confidence you know it's how you keep shooting no matter how many you miss like you know the next one going in and I think you can tell that whenever you watch him play, you know, who else, you know, to confidently shoot once with fadeaways. You know what I'm saying? So right. His confidence is a big thing with Dirk. Well, Dennis, well, Dennis um, you know, D- Dalton mentioned uh, some of your highlight plays and, you know, the energy you brought to the team last year. I'm curious. Uh, I mean, there's a lot to choose from, obviously, but what were some of your favorite moments uh, in-game with the Mavericks? Favorite moments in-game? That It's hard to say. Because, I mean, even for me, it still go back to my first NBA win with the Mavericks against the, uh, the Grizzlies, my rookie yeah. year. That's definitely my favorite of all time. But, you know, just just really just being around a team, like like that was also a team where everybody got along. You know, I think it was a lot of stuff that got uh, thrown around and misconstrued towards my last moments there. But people forget we were six in the West for a long time. You know, we had a really good team and uh, – you know, just, just that camaraderie with those guys, uh, I loved it. Yeah, and I just just me personally, if I had to, if I had to pick two games that stood out to me, one Dennis, as you know, I was I was always down there in New Orleans because you know it's closer to where I live, and that, oh yeah, that, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was where you know you notched your first triple double. Um, it was like twenty one, ten, and ten, and. That was a one of my favorite moments uh, so far for you uh, as a Mav when you were a Mav. Right. I mean, and then the second one was this past season when the game was on the line and uh, y'all were playing the Clippers and Tobias Harris was going for the game winner 
and you just jumped up and stuffed it. That was <laughs> that was one, that was one of my favorite moments right there because you know there was a lot of stuff said the year before about uh, you know improving on the defensive end and everything, and that moment right there showed me like okay this <laughs> that that, that, that sh- so shout out on the defensive ends, um, Daryl Armstrong, Jamal Mosley, especially Mosley. You know they did a really good job of, of helping me learn the ins and outs on the defensive end, so. That's where, you know, all that came from. Right. Well, well, hey, let's not forget uh, against Portland your rookie year, that that uh, highlight dunk that they kept showing uh, ah, yeah. all the commercials and all that stuff where you bounce it off the floor and dunk it. I was, I was at that game as a fan. I, I had that night off, and I decided to go as a fan, and I took a girl on a date. That was our first date, <laughs> and that was a good cap to the date, so I appreciate that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You, you still with the girl? Well, no, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, Matt's Matt's dating life it's a it's a revolving door right now. But <laughs> Matt doing his thing, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying, trying. But uh, moving moving on to the to the actual trade itself, you know, when it happened. Obviously, it's your second year in the league. Uh, it's right in the middle of that second season. Uh, you know, NBA seasons can be crazy, all the travel and everything. How crazy was it, you know, to be traded to a team that you literally had just dropped a triple-double on the night before? Um, it was super crazy, especially whenever you think of it like that. But, I mean, there's two ways that you can view it. You can view it as glass half empty or glass half full. You know, the glass half empty is saying, like, oh, man, like, the Mavericks don't want me no more. This and a third, or you can look at a glass at full, like, okay, I had a good game against this team, and now they want to make a trade for me to come right. and be that guy on this team. So, you know, I choose, I choose uh, the glass at full approach with it. Yeah, and I mean, pretty much everybody, at least from the Mavs side, you know, in the front office after that trade when everybody was talking about it, everybody said that that opportunity came up super quick. Uh, you know, I, at least that's what was said, you know. Everything happened quickly, and they just, you know, decided to pull the trigger and everything. But like you said, I mean, obviously the Knicks wouldn't make that trade if they didn't, if they didn't value you a lot. And uh, obviously, you're ready to take the next step next year and prove exactly what you've got with a full season in New York. So that's good. And Dennis, before I let Matt ask this next question, I gotta, I gotta say, you know, it just turned to August, so the NBA schedule is going to be released here pretty soon. What would you think about having a, a Mavs-Knicks uh, Christmas Day game this year? I don't think there's – in Madison Square Garden, I don't think there's anything I would love more than that. <laughs> to be <laughs> honest, I don't think that there's anything I would love more than that, you know. And uh, I'm still I'm still good friends with everybody on that team. Like, uh, I just did those camp. Um, Luca called me every other week. Uh, you know, <laughs> Devin, I just did the baseball game with Dev. Dirk, you know, all the older guys. You know, I'm, I'm still good friends with everybody on that team. But, um, you know, you know, I like to compete. So, any chance to bust that ass, I'm good for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, every it, from every account, like you said, you're, you're still close with everybody. And, I mean, it as far as trades go, I mean, it, it seems like it turned out really well on both sides. Everybody's still close and all that. But still, deep down – and I think you said it last year in, in an interview with somebody, but, 
you know, you never got the chance to play the Mavs after the trade. And I know, you know, that's something that, that players really look forward to after something like that. So maybe we can get that on Christmas Day. I think Christmas Day at Madison Square Garden, Knicks, Mavs, I think that would be that would be pretty exciting. I'll you push for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, my one of the things that I've been wondering a lot about uh, in terms of the trade for you is, you know, obviously Dallas is, is known of a little as a little bit more of a relaxed uh, media market. And to go from that into something like New York, which is known for being one of the more cutthroat media markets in, in terms of, you know, player interviews and things like that in the United States, how was that adjustment for you? Uh, it's been pretty easy for me. Because really, you know, with media, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be me. Every interview I get, I'm gonna be me, and uh, I think that's received pretty well for the most part. And then on top of that, I don't really care what they say, so right. <laughs> I think that's what makes it easier for me to be me because I don't really care what they say. So, uh, you know, I'm comfortable going to, to speak with any media member. You know, it is what it is. They're gonna put out whatever they want to put out. And yeah, there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah, that's the best way to go about it. I mean, you just got to let it be like water off a duck's back and, uh, like you said, just be who you are and everything else will take care of itself. Uh, well, Dennis, like, like you touched on it a little bit earlier, but, uh, y- you know, you, you do have a strong bond with your former teammates and, you know, people within the organization. And you attended Dirk's celebrity baseball game, like you said, during Finney Smith's basketball camp. Why do you think it's important to keep those relationships going? Um, see, this is how I view. I don't really view it as as important to keep those relationships going. It's more so the thing like you know I built really good relationships with those people, to where we actually are uh, our friends. You know, we we get along off the court. Um, we can hang out off the court, call each other, talk, whatever, whatever, and you know. That was my first time coming into the league. I came in the league as a teenager, uh, 19 years old, played so I was 20, 21, all in Dallas. You know, so these people done seen me so much, and I spent so much time with them. Um, it'll take something drastic that's a real-life event outside of basketball for me to not become close with them anymore. Well, I mean, go, going off of that, uh you know, obviously, you're you're really close with with Dorian, and um, that was evident throughout your entire time in Dallas. Y'all sat next to each other in the locker room. Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm, I'm curious what you think about his growth as a player, and um, you know, about him getting his new extension here in Dallas, and you know, what you think about his future. No, I think I think he's definitely grown as a player. Uh, with him, it's a, it's confidence as well, but you know. He got that. He got that mentality. He from Portsmouth, Virginia. I just went to Portsmouth for his camp. Portsmouth is just like <laughs> Fayetteville, except it's in Virginia instead of North Carolina. So uh, you know, we we you know we similar in that aspect of how we came up and then making it um, to the league. So I salute everything that he does. Um, I know he's gonna make a lot of money, take care of his family, as supposed to. So I'm glad he he's an official millionaire now. Yeah, yeah. That that that's one of the things that I definitely miss. You know about you being in Dallas was the Smith way. You know, uh, which I mean, it's still going yeah. even though y'all are on different teams. But it was just it was cool to see that connection up close when y'all are on the same team. But Dennis, we're gonna close out with this. And again, we appreciate you taking the time to talk with us tonight. And 
you might you you might can answer this. You might not, but I'm gonna throw it at you anyway. Could you see you, could you see yourself playing with the Mavs again sometime later during your during your career? Uh, only the future knows. I got a lot of love for the city of Dallas, and, and, and it's, it's reciprocated. So we'll see what the future holds. Can't give you a yes or no. <laughs> hey, that's a hey, that's as good of an answer as I could have hoped for, man. <laughs> But yeah, but Dennis, like I said, we appreciate it. Uh, We wish you nothing but the best of luck with the Knicks this year. Uh, We know you're you're expecting big things, and you know we're expecting big things too. So, Dennis, we appreciate it, and uh, we hope you have a good weekend. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. Same to you guys. Thanks, Dennis. Yes, sir. Peace. All right, right, guys. There goes Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, Again, can't thank him enough for coming on with us and. I mean, I think I think it says a lot about the guy that he's willing to do something like come on to a, a Mavs-related podcast <laughs> five months after you know he was traded to another team. So, I mean, that was fun. Uh, I'm sure we'll we'll get him sometime you know later on in the future, maybe the next time he attends Dirk Celebrity Baseball Game or something of that nature. But uh, guys, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back on the other side to discuss all things Mavs and a little bit about the Dennis interview. Hang with us. All right, guys, we're back Uh, again. That was Dennis Smith Jr. You should know him well, former Mavs point guard. He's the current New York Knicks point guard. Matt, what'd you think about our talk with Dennis there? It was a lot of fun, man. Um, he, he's he's a fun guy to talk to, and it, it's pretty obvious he doesn't hold any hard feelings towards Dallas. And no, that's really that's really good to see because a lot of times players can get disgruntled um, if they're caught off guard by a trade like that, or um, or if they just you know if there's just a, a a nasty break, which you know I think a lot of the stuff that happened with him got blown out of proportion by the media um it's so i mean it's good to see that you know he's he's willing to do things like this and he's he's he still um holds dallas in high esteem and the team and all that stuff yeah yeah and i mean i always and i always said it even even when that stuff was going on uh towards the end of last season he's a good dude i mean we were hearing stuff from all different places but we weren't actually hearing from from Dennis himself and I think he I think he you know it's like that thing actions speak louder than words I mean he's he's shown that there's absolutely no hard feelings I mean obviously I am scared you know for the first time he <laughs> he gets to play the Mavs next season since he didn't get that opportunity last he's gonna year come hard man yeah <laughs> Yeah, he's, like I said, I, I'm kind of worried about that just from a Mavs fan perspective. But I mean, like like we talked about, I think it would be absolutely great to have a Mavs Knicks uh, Christmas Day game. And well, I think I think if that happened, it would definitely be at Madison Square Garden because they always give the Knicks a Christmas Day game, and the Mavs haven't had one in I believe ten. It's been a decade since the Mavs have played on Christmas. So yeah. I, th- I think there's a lot going on there for that to actually happen this year. Well, I think it's going to be uh, pretty funny if 
they do get that game. But, you know, what I was thinking is in, in terms of how hard he's going to come for that game, do you remember uh, Westbrook in that series against Golden State? Where yes. he was just like running right at Kevin Durant, like, I'm coming, I'm coming. <laughs> yeah. like, I feel like he's going to do that with like, you know, probably with, I don't know if he's going to do it with Luca or what, but I just, I envisioned Dennis just like running his mouth and, and getting real into it. And I want to see that. Like, I mean, I do too. That's, that's like old school stuff. That's stuff that, that you really miss in today's NBA. And that, that's one reason why I really think that game's going to happen and I want it to happen because there's so many cuz i mean not only from Dennis's perspective you know looking back towards the Mavs but think about KP you know Christos Porzingis he would be super motivated in that game too from the from the Mavs side so i mean playing, i think playing in front of New York like that yeah i mean i, I just there's there, the storylines are too juicy for that not to happen so i'm really pulling for it and like I said, I mean, they, the, the NBA usually releases the schedule, I think, uh, somewhere between the first end of the first or the second week of August. So we should be finding out pretty soon. But, yeah, I mean, I, that would be awesome. And, I mean, it would all be in good fun, of course. Maybe not from Porzingis's <laughs> perspective. He, he might literally be looking for blood on his end. But, you know, with Dennis and, and, the, and the rest of those guys, I, it, it would be fun for them. I bet and, Dorian would start that game. Yeah. And, I I mean, I don't know. Like you said, it's probably going to be like a Westbrook type of coming at you game from, from Dennis. But I, I really hope that he doesn't do some of the stuff that he was doing to Luca, you know, uh, during some of those pickup games before last season started. You know, if you get in a one-on-one situation, uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> Just dunking on his head. Yeah, I it mean, could happen. Yeah, I mean, you can't help it. It's going to happen sooner or later. But I don't know. I think it would be a ton of fun. But yeah, I mean, Dennis, he's a great guy. Uh, I mean, we've we connected about halfway through his uh, his rookie season. You know, there was a point where he wasn't getting any calls whatsoever, and there was some website. Maybe it was five thirty eight. Uh, but somebody put out an article that he was like third on the list in missed calls in clutch situations. Uh, but earlier that season, I that's, this was when I was still with Mavs Moneyball. I wrote this article about how the you know the NBA ref, refs were rooking him. He <laughs> he was being rooked by the refs, and uh, that was when you know I tagged him in it, and he. Uh, he retweeted it, and we we connected that way. Uh, so we actually connected through Twitter, and you know it just kind of went from there. And we had been planning this this pod interview for shoot probably four months or so, and then it finally worked out here in the dead of the NBA off season to get it get it going. So that it was it was really nice to have him on, and like we said before, we'll have to do it sometime in the in the near future. There's one thing I want from Dennis next year that he never gave us in Dallas. What's and that? I have faith that it's going to happen eventually. So next season, why not? I want him to dunk on Draymond's face. He, like just right on Draymond's <laughs> face. It almost happened. It I know, almost I, happened. He, he just missed it, man. And I, I need to see that happen. I don't care that he's in New York now. I just need to see it. 
Yeah. Well, there. If there's one thing about Dennis, he's, and I mean, don't get me wrong, he's a he's a great dunker altogether. But I think he's a better in-game dunker than he is, uh, you know, doing the dunk contest and everything. Even though he's had some cool ones there too, I think he's a better in-game dunker. And I'm I'm definitely I'm like you. If he posterizes Draymond, I think everybody wins in that scenario. Yep. <laughs> But, Even the Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> but moving on from that, we're going to talk about, uh, I guess, what I would label some dead of the summer topics. <laughs> and one of them is 2K. So NBA 2K20. Uh, it's going to be coming out. I'd imagine it's going to be coming out sometime in September. I'm not exactly sure. But uh, they released their gameplay trailer today. And they didn't have Luca in that trailer. I mean, they they showed Porzingis for like maybe half a second doing some kind of weird hook shot over Mitchell Robinson, but uh, they didn't show Luca. And I mean, for the for the reigning rookie of the year, it makes you it's like why why is he not in there? But then I was thinking like, well, you know, Luca is the NBA Live. <laughs> cover athlete this year so i'm wondering if there's like some some saltiness there from 2k what do you think uh i i'm not wearing a tinfoil hat like you um <laughs> i just you know <clears throat> they focus mostly on stars and that like you know veteran stars and the fact that the mavericks you know coming off of a a lottery season even got a little glimpse of, of kp in there i think is you know i think is enough well, the only um, the only thing that that even made me question it is I remember watching a trailer last year uh, for last year's game, and it showed Luca throwing up a lob to DeAndre Jordan. So I mean, yeah, I, I get it, but like, <laughs> it. I mean, in the end of the day, it's like it's two K. So it's I don't think that I think that the things that sell the most copies for that game are like the Clippers and the Lakers and all that stuff. Right, but they and, showed and all the KP. things that happened this they summer. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but like, I, I get it. But like, that was for a split second. And he is technically the headline grabber in Dallas right now because yeah. because he's the new shiny toy and he's he's the one that, well, you know, is, is, is going to be on the front of everything. And when the season opens next year, it's going to be him and Lucas standing right next to each other. They can't really show both of them in the same clip unless it's a lob. So yeah. I'm not really too worried about it. Well, and again, after getting, after getting my initial thoughts on that out there, I have heard too, that it could be like a, like a, uh, a rescan issue. Like as far as his, his face scan and all that. Cause if you think about it, Ronnie2k, he he sent a tweet to Luca and he was just like, "Hey, I DM'd you the uh DM'd you your screenshot. Feel free to share it with the fans." Well, we haven't gotten that official screenshot yet. So, if if for some reason Luca wanted to get a rescan or didn't like it or whatever, he has to fly all the way from Slovenia to Los Angeles just to do a 2k face scan. And I highly doubt he's going to do that right now. <laughs> so, yeah. so if 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 something like that's going on, then you know that that makes a little bit of sense too, because he's not going to fly all the way there just for a video game. 
especially when he's the cover athlete for this other game. So okay, so I'm watching the trailer as you're speaking, and I have to admit I do have some problems that he wasn't in this thing now. I'm t- dude, I know because well, okay, but some like, of the not- other players that are in there, they they put Buddy Hield in there. Well, yeah, but they put like Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan and and uh, like Malcolm Brogdon and right Lonzo Ball. I mean, what has Lonzo Ball done and in look, the NBA? Even even if it is a face scan issue, which would I mean, I mean I, I would get that, but even if it is a face scan issue, you could do like a like a back shot or something like like they did with Buddy Heald. You know he. Did- Derek Rose is in this trailer. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. It, it, it's not just that they left Luca out. It's some of the players that they, they went ahead and put in there. I mean, even if it is for a split second, I don't even care. I don't even care if it's him throwing a lob to Porzingis like he did with DeAndre in last year's trade. Just something. Just give us a little bit of something. But anyway, like I said... It's August 1st. We're we're just yelling into the void about stuff at this point, but it was something that kind of kind of irritated me, especially since that's, you know, that's who I'll be spending like 90% of the time <laughs> playing with when I get the game. So. Yeah, so speaking of 2K, aren't we supposed to have a little boxing match on 2K? Yes. Uh, well, I haven't I haven't checked the results of that poll yet, but on the Step Back Mavs Twitter account, we, we put out a poll asking if you guys would want want Matt and I to uh, play each other, battle each other in 2K and talk trash and all that stuff and see who is superior <laughs> at the game. I, I haven't looked at the results of that poll, so I don't know what you guys voted on, but Matt, I know it was a lot closer than what I would have hoped. <laughs> Yeah, and I think a lot of people just picked the second option because I, I called us dorks, and I think they wanted to uh, to do that as well. So, well, I mean, we'll probably do it anyway. Um, <laughs> I was, I was I've never, to... <laughs> I've never Twitch streamed anything before, but I mean, well, I mean, we also never did a <laughs> podcast before January, and you know, <laughs> that's that's true. We tend to get the hang of things pretty quickly. But I have. But what I was going to say is, I have a stipulation for that game. What? Neither of us can be the Mavericks. I'm fine with that. That's that's kind of what I was thinking too. I mean, we'll we'll do updated rosters, so you know the parody thing will be in full effect, and uh, yeah, I huh. I think that's fine. If you had well, it, if we if we did that right now, and you couldn't be the Mavs, what team would you pick? Uh. I might pick the Rockets. Oh, no, Matt. Why? <laughs> Just because I feel like they're going to be a fun team to play with on 2K. Oh. And I, I, I hate the Lakers. So I, now I I've got a... Man. Well, I mean, I guess if you're going to pick a team like that... No, you know what? I mean, we we can establish some rules here. Yeah. I'd probably be the Nuggets. I like the Nuggets. I like the way they've built their team. Okay, well. (laughs) All right, anyway, uh, moving on to something else here. Matt, uh, I know you saw it. I'm sure a lot of Mavs fans on on NBA Twitter and all that, I'm sure they saw it too. But, you know, Luca, he's not not one of these people that that post a lot of 
workout videos, workout pictures during the summer. He he goes about his business fairly quietly. Uh, you know, he, he gets so much spotlight during the season and everything that he you can't really blame him for wanting to be as private as possible during the off season. But all that said, the other day uh, a picture surfaced. He put it on Instagram. It was him working out. Uh, it looked like he was on a track, had some kind of uh, restraining rope around his waist. I'm sure it was tied to some weights or something. And Matt, he's he's looking really good. He's looking like he's in probably the best shape he's been in. Uh, so that's that's different from what happened last year, where you know he came into training camp, he was he was a little out of shape. Uh, to put it nicely, uh, he it, it looks like it's a complete 180 from what happened last year, and I'm pretty excited about it. What do you think? Uh, man, he doesn't look like Don Thick anymore. <laughs> it's Don Thin. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, he, he looks like he's he's doing exactly what uh, you know Casey Smith and Rick Carlisle wanted him to do this off season. Yep. Because, I mean, he was a little out of shape last year, and you saw that early in the season, and it got better as the season went on. But, you know, yeah. to see him putting in that work, and um, he, he looks like he's dropped at least, you know, 10 or 15 pounds and, and turned some of that into muscle. And, yeah, um, and obviously... I'm, I'm excited for that. Yeah, and obviously when I, say, when I say he didn't come into training camp in shape last year. I mean, obviously I'm, I'm just talking about like NBA shape because even when Luke is out of shape, he's like 10 times more in shape than I'll ever be. <laughs> well, yeah, me too. But he also, he also had uh, a refrigerator full of sausage and beer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. I could, I, yeah, I remember that. It, it, was, it was like poly sausages or something. He put that yeah, picture on sausages <laughs> and uh, like Corona or something. Yeah. That was so funny because he the whole purpose was for that picture was promoting the the sausages and then when you looked at the at the bottom drawer of the refrigerator there was just like a full thing of what looked like coronas it was hilarious yeah. <laughs> and this and, was this was mid season <laughs> yeah and uh, technically he wasn't of legal drinking age so it very well could have been his mother's we don't know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I mean, Dirk. Uh, when, when Dirk was in his prime, man, he he didn't um, he didn't even have a glass of wine during the regular season. Like a single, like he didn't have a drop of alcohol. Yeah. So I I, I'm, I wonder if if Luca um, dab dabbed in it a little bit, but who knows? I mean, he still had an incredible year. So the fact that he's like actually in real good shape now, and look, and he still has months to go before he needs to be in. Um, you know, tip top shape. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited. He he looks like he's just gonna run through people. Yeah, and I mean that's this is the upside to him coming in as a rookie and proving that he was what everybody thought he was. I mean, he lived he well, he didn't just live up to expectations; he surpassed them. Uh, and you know, his game is so much like a veteran already. Obviously, there's still some stuff he can work on. He can, you know, he can get better in pretty much every part of the game. But, I mean, he's already more refined at, at some skills than what most people are, you know, given his timeline, that 
you know, the Mavs could afford to send him off this summer and just like, okay, Luca, you literally just have one objective, and it's to get in the best shape of your life. <laughs> like, don't even if, and obviously he's still doing stuff in the gym and working on you know different skills and all that stuff, but. You know, the main thing is him getting in shape, and it looks like he's done that. And like you said, I'm just I'm super excited. I mean, we get a completely in, uh, in NBA game shape, Luka, second year, a fully healthy Kristaps Porzingis. I mean, that's, man, that, that, that gives me chills just thinking about it. Well, another thing is a lot of people listening to this are probably going to think, well, he only shot 32%. Maybe he needs to work on a shot from, you know, from three. But I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that, and Rick Carlisle touched on this a little bit during the season, a lot of that had to do with him taking you know, uh, bad shots at the end of the shot clock because they didn't yeah. have anything else. And you know, he ran out, a lot of it was because he was running out of gas. And when your legs get heavy and you're running out of gas, it's hard to make shots. Exactly. So if, he, if he's in better shape, I think more shots are going to fall. And with, with better spacing on the floor with, with KP and Curry and – and you know, and all that going on, I, 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 he's, I think he's going to explode out of the gates next year. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, look, he, he shot thirty three percent from three. It was thirty two point seven, and that was on seven attempts from three per game. I mean, first year in the league, nineteen, eventually turned twenty later in the year, and you know, you're basically just carrying the team, especially after the mid season trades that went on. Uh, I mean, he just, uh, you said it, he ran out of gas. And he's got more help this year. You know, he averaged, <clears throat> he averaged what, six assists per game last year. And that was without having, you know, a lot of three-point shooters. And this any. year, huh? Sorry, any three-point well, shooters. Well, <laughs> yeah, any. Harrison Barnes, he turned himself into a pretty good three-point shooter last year. Or the last couple nah. of years, but you know the way he played the game, it kind of like nullified, <laughs> nullified any positive uh, effects there. But anyway, you know he's got Seth Curry, uh, which I think we've discussed it before on the pod. I think he is a really underrated uh, addition this summer because, I mean, think about forty-five percent from three for his career. And I believe Bobby Corrala pointed out like a couple of weeks ago that Seth Curry on corner threes for his career is 50%. I mean, that's just, he's just a good shooter. It's in his genes. It runs in the family. And he's going to be getting a ton of open looks, you know, playing with Kristaps Porzingis and Luka. So I'm really excited about that. I, I don't think Luka, now if he wants to take seven threes per game, more power to him, but I don't think he's going to have to do that this year, and I think that's going to help his percentages. Totally agree. But, you know, just talking about three-point shooters, and in this case, three and D guys, uh, my guy, Josh Reeves. Reeves Hive? (laughs) Reeves Hive finally got his two-way contract. And I kind of figured, you know, after – I forgot, after uh, Costas got waived and, you know, Antonius Cleveland got the got that other two-way, I was thinking, like, you know what? That's probably going to be the next move, given how much, you know, we, ha- we had Coach uh, Galanopoulos on the pod a few weeks ago. He was raving about, 
uh, Josh Reeves. Mark Cuban was raving about Josh Reeves. There was so much positivity for him coming out of the organization that you kind of assumed he was going to get either the 15th roster spot or another two-way. So when Jer- uh, when Daryl Macon, Macon, yeah, I almost said Gerald Macon, Gerald Macon. He's one of my friends in the Dallas area. <laughs> Shout out to Daryl. How you doing, buddy? Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, when Daryl Macon was cut – it was like, okay, they're probably going to give that to Reeves, and they did, and I'm really excited for him. I mean, I I will admit I'm guilty of, you know, jumping in the deep end with these these two-way contract players more often than not, but Matt, I just, I really feel like it's different with Reeves. He seems to to have more NBA-ready skills right now to where I think all he needs is, you know, a shot to prove himself and then he'll stick, but there's no telling when that, that when he'll get his shot is what I'm saying. Yeah. I, uh, I get why you're excited. I'm not as excited as you are. Um, I mean, obviously, which, which, you know, is, <laughs> is usually the case, but he, what, the, the main thing I like about what they did with these two way contracts is they got two wings cause they needed wings. So there's a chance that either of these guys, most likely Reeves in this case, seems to have a better shot, will actually yeah. be able to have a chance to get on the floor. Yeah. Which is exciting for young young players at position of need to get a chance to crack the rotation. And you know, I, I've loved everything I've heard about the guy. Um it's hard for me to get excited about two way players, um, or ten get ten day contract guys and what whatnot, but if he can have the the same kind of impact that Yogi Ferrell had. You know, obviously they're different games and they do different things, but as 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 far as just straight impact, then that would be phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I look, worry- don't, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I like Antonius Cleveland too. I mean, he showed some some really good stuff during summer league this year. But I mean, the Mavs have already been down that road before. Uh, you know, he's he's gotten a couple of cracks uh, with real NBA minutes and. I mean, he, he didn't really do anything with it the first time. You know, wasn't able to stick. So, they've already been down that road. So, there's more... I mean, there's not as much reason for me to be as excited for that. But, you know, Reeves, he's... You know, he's something new. He's something that we don't know what he's going to do when he when he finally gets a shot at it. So, that's why I'm really excited about him. Uh, everything I've watched from him since... You know, summer league started, and uh, he blew up with his with his awesome play there. Uh, it's just really, really made me excited to see what he can do going going forward. And like I said, he might not even get a chance to play this year, uh, but being on the two way, he'll be able to play with the legends, and he'll still get to you know come and work out and practice with the with the big leaguers. So I think it's a win win for both sides. Well, one thing I'd like to say about that is, um, you know, a lot, a lot of people assume just because he wasn't drafted that he's not good, at, you know, he's not capable uh, of producing at the NBA level. And, I, you know, I just want to make sure that everybody realizes there's a lot of missed hits in the draft and there's a lot of players oh, yeah. that slip through the cla- slip through the cracks. And, you know, there's, I mean, there's countless examples just off the top of my head. Um, 
Mark Gasol, DeAndre Jordan, Draymond Green, Isaiah Thomas, Manu Ginobili, all those guys were late second round picks. Or yeah. just, you know, second round picks or late second round picks. So it's like, just because there, there might be reasons he slipped, there might not be. Maybe he just, you know, didn't have a good combine or whatever. There, there's there's plenty of reasons, but he, he deserves a shot just like everybody else. And he, yeah. he, he showed in summer league that he can hang and, and do some really good things. So if he can translate that to an NBA four, you know, why not give him the shot? Yeah, the the only thing I heard was, you know, that he should have left a year earlier from Penn State because he didn't have as good of a senior year there as he did as a junior. So, you know, he probably would have been drafted if he had left his junior year. Uh, but, you know, when you go back for your senior year and you don't have as good of a season and then that's one more year uh, that NBA teams can't, you know, develop you you're now a four-year guy. I think that had something to do with him uh, with him falling through the cracks. But, I mean, he was the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, if you look at other players, I mean, he was one of the best players in that conference. And, and that's a good basketball conference. Yeah, it's a good basketball conference, and he held his own. He was one of the best. I think he averaged, like, what, 2.5 steals a game or something crazy like that. I mean, <laughs> the guy's good, and he's getting his chance with the Mavs, and I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but do you think Luka could have done it in the Big Ten, though? <laughs> I don't know, man. We'll never know. We'll never know if he could have done it in the Big Ten. <laughs> uh, I would, you know, in all honesty, though, I would have loved, loved to have seen Luka play NCAA basketball. I wouldn't have liked that. What I would have liked is to see Real Madrid – just play like a five five game preseason thing against like oh, a man. bunch of like elite college teams, <laughs> just so just so they could have wrecked them, and uh, and people could have been like, "Whoa, European basketball is actually yeah. pretty good." Well, see, I I don't know why teams, and I mean they I don't know who all competes in these. It's not any big time tournaments, but you have these invitationals, you know, before the season starts and. I don't know why they don't do more of that like they used to. Like my grandfather, uh, he he passed away in like '08, but he was a huge basketball guy. It's where I get my passion for basketball, and uh, you know he he was a huge Southern Miss basketball fan. And that team used to travel overseas and play teams like that, just just exhibition games, and you know it made the team better. Uh, you know, it was it was like it was almost. I want to say it was like during the off season too. I don't know why teams don't do more of that now. I'm sure there's a lot of. I don't know if there's like paperwork stuff that has to be worked out. I don't know how the NCAA handles that kind of stuff. I mean, probably poorly, like they do a lot of other things. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it has but, to have something to do with NCAA rules. Yeah, but I, I wish they would do more of that. That would be so much fun to me. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I totally agree, and I just I want people to realize more than anything else that uh, European basketball, specifically the one that Luca played in, the Spanish league, is the best competition in the world outside of the NBA. It's better than the D League. Yeah, at least at this point. Now, can the D League catch up to that? Maybe, but right now, any team in La Liga would or. Um, probably in other leagues too, 
would just trash a D League team. Yeah. And it wouldn't be close. Yeah. And look, we we kinda jumped down the rabbit hole there, but just going back to Reeves for a second and him, you know, maybe, maybe not getting a shot. That's the I'm glad that they gave these two ways to shooting guards because I mean, you think about it, who's the main two shooting guards on the Mavs right now? It's Seth Curry and Tim Hardaway Junior. And both of those guys have had trouble with, you know, recent injuries. Uh, now Seth, he was he was pretty healthy last year, so I'm not I'm not really worried about that. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. seems to be 100% now, or at least his dad said so on NBA uh, Sirius XM Radio the other day. Uh, so maybe they're good to go, but like I said, they've, they've had recent injury history. If something happens to one or both of those guys, I mean, we might be seeing Reeves get a, get a shot in the league sooner than later. Uh, I don't know. I don't think that that particular situation is a good thing for the team overall but i mean hey (laughs) what can you do if that happens no yeah i I totally agree you know he he could get a he get a shot sooner than we think i mean injuries happen all the time yeah um and hardaway his injury that that whole stress reaction fracture thing whatever it was that's a scary thing to have so yeah, um, that I I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, maybe try and ease him into things, and at least you know give Reeves shots you know during training camp and uh, you know preseason stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's we'll get into this next week. Uh, we're not going to talk too much longer about it, but I think uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. has a chance to be a dark horse contributor next year. Uh, I think if he's used correctly by Rick Carlisle, it, we we could see more of the Atlanta Hawks Tim Hardaway Jr. than the New York Knicks Tim Hardaway Jr. And guys, that's gonna do it for this week's episode. Like I said, we'll we'll discuss all of that other stuff next week. We'll get into you know whether or not the Mavs second round pick Isaiah Roby, if he's gonna stick or not, and you know we'll we'll continue to truck our way through this uh, dead part of the offseason as we get closer to Mavs training camp, preseason, and eventually the 2019-2020 season. So, guys, we appreciate it. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe to the Step Back on your favorite platforms. Uh, If you have any questions for us, please feel free to shoot us a DM at Step Back Mavs on Twitter. Again, I'm Dalton Trigg. It's my co-host Matt Galatson. We appreciate it. We'll see you guys next week. My boy Chris Stabs, looking like Dirk and Nash in the gap. They just wanna ring, wanna fill the gap on your team head. I ain't talking heads, dang, I relax. Still at the champ, even still coming with the gallows. Flow, the master best on the flow. I'm wild, but yeah, I'm the goat. This game get cold. Yeah, you might need a coach. Your friends turn into your foe, but I'ma just roll. Gotta keep rolling your boat. Yeah, I swear I give them hope. I say I'm cleaner than the soap. This time of year proves who a really single float. For yeah, real. it's the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no action, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk at the ball, you know that it's. Magic, post move deadly, yeah, get tragic. Yes, the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no action, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk at the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic. You know, in this game, it's a lot of grit. You know what I'm saying? Proves who has integrity. Late nights, early mornings, but we all want the trophy at the end of the day. And that's the beauty of this game, because at the end of the day, only the real gonna float, man, for real. You either sink or you float. Only the real gonna float. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran. Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. 
legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history, relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.